Good evening, Matt Awkward. Oh, hello, Tristan. Happy 100th Happy episode. Happy 100th episode, dude. Woo! <laughs> wow. Ah, We're fancy. September 22nd, 2018. Man, a day that will live in infamy. Yeah. Uh, wow. It's insane. That's really exciting. I looked that fun fact up right before I came. <laughs> Good job. I did not know that. Uh, wow. So we're going to get that kind of Seinfeld money when our shit goes into syndication? Yep, Is that yep, the plan? Yeah, totally syndicated. Damn. WB uh, has I been calling me all day. Can't wait. <laughs> Just been uh, too busy looking at tape sales on on yeah. internet. Of course you have. <laughs> uh, man. That's and we picked a wonderful movie for our 100th episode. As I as I stated it today, it's a movie we both love 100%. And that's a that's going to be a tough one because there literally is I don't think there are any moves in this movie that weren't intentional. So there's not a lot to to pick apart. There's not a lot to it's, explain. It, it's a perfect movie to me. I it I fall, absolutely it falls agree. into that category of perfect because there's nothing in this movie I would yeah, change. <laughs> I, I don't know what you could change in this movie to make it better. Um, but the movie we are referring to is, of course, Terror Vision. And if you've seen it as much as we have, you probably have the theme song in your head It could just be that it's like completely indie and I don't know where it is. Yep. But uh, these guys were like a, a constant band at the same club that uh, Ted Nicolau found Mary Warnov at. Oh, okay. So when he when he finally met her, it was at this club that the Fibonacci's played all the time called Club Lingerie. And so... So maybe you're not finding it because it's kind of one of those things that's hard to... It might be. It's 30 years later, past the fact. And Could they're not be. together anymore. Yeah. It's like looking for a Confusa Trot album 30 years from now. <laughs> oh, man. Come on. I Don't mean, say that. You know that they'll be able to find a Confusa Tron album fantastic somewhere. fantastic stuff. I just wanted to give a random shout out to Confusa Tron. Nice. Shout out to Confusa Tron. Shout out to Tron. They're damn good. <laughs> but, like, imagine, like, hearing a Confusa Tron song and be like, that's so fucking cool. Like, yeah. What, where do I find where this? Where do I find this? <laughs> well, I mean, nowadays, you probably, I mean, it's going to be on Bandcamp for eternity. So yeah. you'd be able to find something mm. like that. Whereas back in the hey, 80s. That's good for Confusatron. Yeah, exactly. Then <laughs> that's that's a sad story for like bands of the eighties that they just kind of disappear, and that's too bad. Um, hopefully, Yo, you Fibonacci's, you got to get your stuff on the Bandcamp. Yeah, camp. come on, guys, get that up on on Bandcamp. I would buy a Fibonacci's record in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. That is like, uh, like I I always hate the term post punk because it bums me out. But I like <laughs> this band, like that kind of art punk shit that yep. follows the B fifty twos and that kind of stuff. So into it. So into it. And I like that they were also trying to get, uh, I read, uh, The Cramps and Frank Zappa. Okay. Or, I, or Lux and Frank Zappa. Too. Yeah, Lux Interior to score yep. it. And, then, and he uh, actually got Frank Zappa to watch it. Apparently, yeah. Okay. And I have, I have something that I, I want to throw out there into the universe to find out. Because I looked and I looked and I looked and I looked and I looked. Could not find it. They play a sequence from Robot Monster where the voice of the monster is overdubbed. Mm-hmm. It is not the uh, the Roman. Oh, it is? It is not the voice of the Roman. It I is don't a know. different voice. I don't know my voice. old movies. And well the voice that. sounds like this. And I was like, motherfucker, that's Frank Zappa. Eh. That's got to be Frank Zappa. Like, I heard that, and then I found out the fun fact afterwards. Like, when I was watching ah. this really closely, I was like, that sounds like Zappa. 
And then I found out the fun fact about him being tangentially related but to the movie. But you couldn't figure out if that but was... But I, I looked everywhere. No one says anything about that. You have Teddy on speed I dial, right? I actually kind of do, so I, I might <laughs> I might send him a message. Mm-hmm. Um, unless he listened to that other one. And do his he friends was... call him Teddy? <laughs> I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> but we did talk a lot about Terror Vision. I might drop a few things in here because there were there were some interesting things that he mentioned yeah, about Terror Vision. It's our 100th episode. Make it's, it interesting. Why not throw some stuff in? Like everything with Charlie in those days, it was a poster first. And the poster was uh, was a goofy-looking monster, not not at all like the monster that we ended up with, coming out of a TV set and, and a you know, satellite dish. So it's basically monster comes through a satellite dish out of a TV set. And that was the concept. And he said, do you want to, what about this film? And I, at that time I had edited enough of his movies and had edited enough of John Beekler, the, the makeup effect, the creature effects guy of his work to kind of know what the, uh, what the strengths and weaknesses were. And I said, you know what, Charlie, I'll do this movie, but can I make it a comedy? And even though Charlie was not known for comedies at the time, he said, yeah. Um, so, so basically that was it. I took that, that idea, uh, decided to kind of make all the characters uh, like uh, a little bit off-putting so that you wouldn't care when they all got killed. Um, and and then had, did a lot of research about uh, uh, survivalism and about uh, there was, you know, like uh, was all kind of based on what the, the world was like at that time in Los Angeles. Uh, and then what and the script was the script. It, it's pretty much the same script that you see on screen. But what elevated the script beyond anything was um, uh, the uh, production designer, Giovanni Natalucci, this Italian, crazy Italian guy, came over to Los Angeles to, uh, to meet and talk about the film. We spent days kind of looking at, you know, valley houses, not, not going there, but looking in uh, location books and talking about the, the, the kind of craziness of this house. Um, and uh, he went back and design these sets that, you know, when I first came to Italy and saw the sets, I was like, whoa, this is so far crazier than I even imagined it was going to be. Uh, second, second thing that elevated the film was Beekler, uh, who was tasked to, to create the Hungry Beast. Uh, we had a lot of fights about the, the monster because I wanted something asymmetrical and something with a lot of appendages and uh, the tentacle with the eye and uh, <clears throat> a big stupid tail that would kind of wag like a dog <laughs> and looking a bit like a giant booger or something. And it, it kind of defied what he wanted to do. So we fought a lot about it, but he ended up and his team of really incredible sculptors uh, created this character that was really wonderful. Then the next thing that elevated it was uh, the casting. Uh, I wanted Mary Warrenoff to be, I, I, was, I saw Mary Warrenoff a lot at the time at a club called Club Lingerie in Los Angeles. Um, and it was kind of the new wave days, I guess. Um, and saw her there a lot and got it in my head that she would be great as, the, as uh, Medusa, the horror hostess. 
So we sent her a script, asked her to come in. She came in to meet with us. And she said, you know, the, this character Medusa, I could play this character. And this is a character that most people would just immediately think of me to play. But what I'd really like to play is the mother. Uh, and Mary Warnoff is like the least maternal person <laughs> we've ever met. But she, but the idea of her playing the mother just kind of like was like, oh, wow, okay. You know, sometimes in casting, you just get totally surprised, you know. Uh, and then uh, Garrett Graham. Garrett Graham came in and so just nailed the part. So the two of them together, then once we found uh, Diane Franklin and John Grise, was like, yeah. you know, the, the movie was elevated another level, you know, and, and uh, so got to Italy, saw the location, saw the set, and was just like mind blown. And then the, the movie itself, making the film, uh, Garrett and Mary kind of set a certain tone. Diane Franklin uh, was able to reach that tone as well. Uh, John Grise sort of was worried that it was too over the top, but he, you know, he met it and exceeded it, you know. Uh, so it was a, a happy accident of all these elements. You know, the script was always a script, but the script is black and white words on paper. And then the colors of the set and then the colors of the costumes and the characters and the monster and the goop and the, <laughs> the contribution of the Italian uh, cinematographer, uh, you know, just really you know, that film just took off, you know, and, and uh, it, it's got its flaws, like all of my films, and, and maybe the ending is too nihilistic or something, although to me, it seemed like the only natural ending to the movie. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, and that movie was, when it was first released, got just hated by the critics, you know, and totally fell out of the theaters in a week, and, um, but somehow it became so difficult to find after the VHSs wore out that it, that its reputation kind of grew and grew and grew. And, and my, uh, my kind of idea was when I was making it, uh, even though all the erotic art on the wall is like, you know, outside of the realm of a kid's movie, I wanted it to be like when I was a kid, I saw invaders from Mars, the original, uh, on TV. It's and, got uh, some invaders from Mars in it. Definitely. Yeah, I can feel that. Yeah, it's got Invaders from Mars. It's got uh, a little bit of 5,000 Fingers of Dr. T. Uh, the, <laughs> something about the expressionistic uh, set, set design of those movies that really touched me as a kid and, and haunted me. You know, I, I saw just bits and pieces of those movies before I saw the whole film. And I wanted a television to be like that. When you saw it, you would just be like, what the fuck was that? You know? Uh, and I guess we succeeded in that, you know, and I'm, I'm super happy that after the, a year of misery after it first came out, that it, that it continues to be kind of like this uh, thing that kids kind of turn their friends on to, you know. So one of the things that I noticed in this, like, super close viewing for a podcast uh, of Terrorvision was that this movie feels like a I don't even maybe a parody of invaders from Mars it feels like it has so many of the elements of, mm -hmm. like 
or like he was trying to make an invaders from Mars that was all 80s tropes. Because it's like, it's got that same feeling where everything feels like a weird soundstage, like everything is like mm-hmm. overly fake. And then there there's this distrust of parents and this distrust of everyone. Well, that's that's the, what's so unique about this too, is the, the fakeness. Like you... So yeah. They, oh, yeah. You can tell they're on a soundstage when they're outside. The house is so exact. Everything is so over the top. Wonderfully so wonderfully fake and, and plastic. The colors, yeah, are just amazing. Everything's got that reddish and green hues to yeah. it all the time. Like uh, it's and, just so neat looking. Yeah, and I mean that was that was one of the things about Invaders from Mars too was that it had a lot of that kind of crazy color palette and all that stuff. So I'm wondering if there's there's some sort of if he was trying to reference that at all, but. Uh, yeah, so the thing that stands out here is the uh, completely nonsensy '60s vibe to <laughs> all of the space stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we open on the planet Pluton sanitation department, which is just like the most wonderful '60s pile of like you know it's like a mystery science theater set. It's like literally a <laughs> bunch of toys painted different colors to look like things. Yep. It's a fucking Enterprise the, model upside down. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a Star Trek ship <laughs> model for the uh, the ray gun that blasts our creature into space. Our, the, the Hungry Beast. The Hungry Beast. Which is <laughs> a, wonderful, a wonderful name. Um, so we get our first glimpse of the Hungry Beast in here. And I got to say, uh, so you know what? First, first actual question about this movie that I don't have an answer for. Okay. What the fuck's going on here? <laughs> yeah, uh, apparently, I think Pluthar or whatever his name sure. is. The, uh, the, he says they 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 beam these guys out to space. I think when they get out of control. Right. So they I, mutate. So I don't know if the hungry they're... beast always mutates, or like, is it like one in a hundred hungry beasts? Like, oh shit, you got a mutating hungry beast. I beast. Don't bring it to the know. bring it to the upside down Star Trek yeah, ship I and mean, we send it off to space. That, for you. that definitely was the joke. Was the idea that oh, it's a it's usually a very happy, yeah. <laughs> fun pet that brings joy to its owners, but then occasionally they mutate and want to destroy <laughs> and they the eat entire planets. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> and so okay. So I guess what we're assuming is that it was supposed to beam it into the sun or something like that. Its particles get distributed all oh. across space is what happens. Okay, so instead of that happening... It all got harnessed back into the satellite dish, the do-it-yourself 100. <laughs> it got bounced off a bunch of planets. Bing, 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 in a wonderful little scene. And then gets absorbed by Garrett Graham's do-it-yourself 100 satellite dish. Ah. And I just want to say, I love Garrett Graham. I mean, that goes without he saying, is but of course. And uh, he's 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 a returning guest on the show. He was he was in Bud the Chud. <laughs> he was in Bud the Chud. If that's what you call a guest. <laughs> yes, that's what I, I talked call about. A guest. This guy playing another guy before. He's sure, a guest man. now. <laughs> he's my best friend. Yeah. Um, you know what? In this day and age, that's as close as it's gonna get. Uh, but uh, <laughs> like I was saying, we did see. When we saw the beast, uh, I guess a description is in order. Uh, he looks like a uh, he looks kind of like a can of spam with eyes and teeth. Yeah. If you really want to boil it down, like full, full, just this part, or when we actually when we, fully voice. No, him. when we see him here, he's we just see like a wall of a flesh wall. behind a little porthole <laughs> yeah. window. Yeah, and it's a different monster, right? Like it does not. It, it, doesn't it does look, look a little weird. Maybe the glass distorts it a little. Sure. Window. Sure. Um, either way. Maybe he looks different because his molecules were all scattered 
brained across That's space. what happened when he reformed. His molecules got all different. It's like the fly. <laughs> it's just like the fly. There was probably some spam in there with him, and <laughs> he got all spammed up. Get all spammed up. That'd be a much different version of the fly. <laughs> Oh, shit, I went through with my dinner from last night. God, I'm so salty. I don't see, oh. I don't see where the dinner is now, though. <laughs> oh, no. God, why am I so delicious? Uh, is Spam delicious? Um, I haven't had it since I was like 10. I, and I remember I, when, I, when I was young, I discovered um, my dad introduced me to Monty Python. That was the first time I'd ever even heard of Spam. And I had him buy me some because I needed to know what it tasted like. And I was like, oh, this is ham. But I haven't had it since... Yeah. The only the only kid. exposure I've had in my adult life to spam or spam like product <laughs> was uh, <laughs> so I we went to the the cursed uh, Woodstock in the nineties <gasps> and me and a friend of mine I couldn't afford to go so he bought me a ticket he was like he actually had a real job and I didn't. And, uh, and he, and we went down, we stayed in a tent, but we didn't have enough money to eat food. So for four days we survived on nothing but a thing of bananas that somebody gave us. And we had some water. Uh, and then, but my friend had made some sort of, uh, potato salad thing and it had treat T R E E T. I think. Uh, a canned meat, a potted meat substance. Yes. It's, imi- it. it's cheaper spam. Yes, it's the, the cheaper version. Spam. imitation spam. <laughs> and Fuck, do they still oh, make treat? I don't even know. God, I hope not. <laughs> All I know was that it was in a container in a cooler in his car for four days <laughs> while we were there. And we got back and we were like, fuck it i don't care and we ate that whole goddamned thing because we hadn't eaten in four days we were fine so that is the power of spam oh my gosh i think that it's all the, or the salt power of limp biscuit it was probably the power of maybe limp that granted biscuit. you magic stomach powers <laughs> i think you're right <laughs> oh anyway okay so um so we get introduced now to the putterman family Mom is doing aerobics in front of the TV. She is played by Mary Warnov. Love her. Love her, obviously. Uh, and this this little introduction is basically everyone comes out when their TV fritzes out to show that they're not a very unified family no. here. They are all watching TV in their own little worlds and... They only they only get together when you know the daughter can't see the new noodles video and <laughs> I want to see the noodles video. I want to see that fucking noodles video so bad. Uh, I, you know, that's the kind of thing. That's why I wouldn't be a billionaire for long. Is that I would just be like, okay, here's a million dollars. Make the noodles video. <laughs> Tell me what it is. Ted, put out a new version of this on Blu-ray with that as a special feature. (laughs) Special feature. You need to direct this with everybody (laughs) else involved. Um, It's amazing. What a crazy thing to spend money on. (laughs) It's the kind of shit that it's all I think about when I think about like if I had too much money. It's what I I wish people with too much money would do instead of the evil stuff they do do. Why do they just keep making evil things instead of doing like insane creative projects? It's I think that's make a noodles a video, you rich goobs. <laughs> yeah, come on. come on, Jeff Bezos. Where's my noodles <laughs> video? <laughs> noodles video. <laughs> you could put it on Prime when I'll you freaking rent it for ninety nine cents. When you stream Terror Vision, <laughs> you can see the new uh, 
the new noodles video. Um, either way, so Garrett Graham's dicking around with the satellite dish. It flexes out, blows up. I love the satellite dish with the do-it-yourself 100 spray-painted like army stencil on the front. Uh, it's hilarious. And I also love um, just the kind of time capsule that this movie is. Oh, when, yeah. Because I remember, and I'm sure you do too, growing up, driving past everybody's houses that oh, had yeah. those giant-ass satellite dishes in their front yard. Yep. I thought it would be so funny. I saw one. There's one out on... um. Warren Ave for a pool store, and it's like in the back. You can see oh, it. I man. walked by it the other day when I was getting a new windshield put on my car, because uh, you know I like things being clear. Um, so I was walking down and I saw that satellite dish, and I was like, "Holy shit, that'd be so funny to to buy that and put that on my front yard." What <laughs> is like, it? As like almost like a decoration, but Do like, those, is there any? There must be signal. I don't know. There must be some. Signals I don't know up. if that's I mean, you're not up. getting. You're it's not, not like getting I work in the TV industry. I don't know what's going through the air. Uh, I, I, I have why no idea. Would I, I, why would I think that I could get an answer for that from you? I have no idea if Johnny runs a TV studio. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea if that kind of signal was shut off, just like the analog. Single, right. I mean, we went digital or not. I mean, or but what? not all of the analog. I mean, obviously, shit like the the Playboy Channel or like HBO <laughs> or like all those things. Those are all Channel sixty nine. <laughs> Was it really Channel sixty nine? That's what he said in this when he when he popped up. Oh the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that the Playboy Channel was Channel sixty nine. It probably should have been. <laughs> oh my god you know i was just thinking about that we were talking about it. i was like one of my friends had a satellite tv who the fuck was it it was the same guy that i went to fucking woodstock with oh not so <laughs> he had a, he had a satellite tv and there was if... insane shit on there oh yeah my, my buddy did too and uh yeah i remember sneaking the insane shit yeah. at night sleeping over his place it was yeah he had the giant big guys um i wonder if those satellite dishes do work like if your little dish satellite breaks you could just like wire that big i've got the old I'm, one on oh, the back I'll oh absolutely pull that out. yeah yeah i'm sure there's i'm sure there's got to be a way to use it the same way that you could use like a dish tv yeah. but i mean <laughs> why <laughs> that's that's what i do if i had those millions of bucks i'd probably buy a giant satellite and have do-it-yourself 100 spray painted on it and have oh, that right in the front yard <laughs> damn that that Sit is there so worth it drinking some high knees by my uh satellite dish <laughs> can you believe i mean can you believe that they got money from Heineken for this movie? That blows my fucking mind. Yeah. Like, I've never seen a movie like this with that level of product placement. Yes. I wonder if that was, like, a lie to get the monies. <laughs> no, there's no way. They, they. It was too clear. It had to be product placement. Oh, no, I know it was, but, like, convincing the Heineken people, like, oh, this is a serious oh. movie about an alien invasion that takes place, and <laughs> I had no idea it was going to be question. so, so bon- wonky. I mean, what did what did Full Moon have going to theaters? They actually had, like, real stuff going out at that point, though, right? They had real stuff before. Yeah, I think, I think that they had a, mean, enough all... of a track record Yeah, that I think that at that point you could probably convince somebody. Yep. You know, it wasn't like after they'd released Killer Bong 6 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, the bridges are burned. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Full Moon's bridges are burned with me, for oh. God's sake. I mean, <laughs> let alone the real world at large. Jesus. Um, okay, so I love I love the daughter in this. Yes. She has, like, I love any of these references to Cindy Lauper, mm-hmm. but uh, her, like, Cindy Lauper wig is, like, three wigs glued together yeah. <laughs> and then spray-painted different colors. That's awesome. That's fucking brilliant. Honestly, all of, I love all of the costuming in this. It's all super, super cool. Yeah, and she's great, too. It's uh, Diane Franklin from uh, 
Which better is off dead also kind of nuts. That yep. She went from better off dead to going into terror vision. And it's so funny, man. I had, n- I had no idea. I'd, I've loved better off dead and terror vision for yeah. so long. And it wasn't until just a couple years ago that I realized that they were the same. Yeah. I never person. made that connection until, you know, fairly recently. Yep. Bizarre. <laughs> um, Okay, so... But yeah, she's distraught because she's missing the noodles she's video. She's missing the noodles video. And Raquel's so, distraught because she was right in the middle of her workout. And Grandpa now shows up <laughs> to interrupt this scene. The other thing about this, aside from just the fact that it's got all these like really, uh, really cartoonish sets, mm-hmm. um, it also is like pulled together like a stage play, which is funny because like Ted Nicolau is like, a film guy. He's not mm-hmm. a, like, he doesn't write for, for stage or anything like that, but it's like, there are all these like dialogue things going on. And then somebody bursts open through a door and says, hi, I'm here. And this <laughs> is what my character is about. And like, it, it, it just feels really weird. It feels like a, it feels like it's for stage. Mm-hmm. In fact, this movie could be adapted to a play Easily. Or a musical with the noodles video intact. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at I mean, one... they, they did a Toxic Avenger musical, right? Yeah. At <laughs> one point, uh, I was trying to get a Bubba Hotep musical off the ground because yeah. we had some sort of in, and uh, then I just couldn't get the rest of Covered in Bees on, on board with writing an entire Bubba Hotep yeah, musical. That's a, that's a big job. It was a lot of work. Yeah. And we had some good ideas, but uh, we never never followed through, sadly. Bummer. Yeah, it's too bad. That would have been fun. Even if it never went anywhere, it'd still be fun. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay, so everybody's got their own little thing. So mom's an, uh, an aerobics-obsessed person. Dad is just an idiot. <laughs> uh, the, the daughter is a ditzy MTV-obsessed person. Granddad comes in the door, and he turns out to be an insane survivalist... Uh, I love his hat with all the toy airplanes. Well, he's based on a real person. I saw that. I, I just learned that today when looking up it's stuff so for the show. so weird. Uh, General Hershey Bar? Is it? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, is it General I Hershey Bar? I think it's Bar? General Hershey Bar. Colonel Chocolate? Whatever. Yeah. It's something. <laughs> it's a clue character. <laughs> <laughs> he was, either way, he was like some sort of street performer. Yeah. And he just, like, he just dressed up like a crazy person. I saw a photo of him and it's like, oh, like really based on him like he had all the planes glued to his yeah like so based on him i hope they paid him <laughs> they definitely did not yeah. but uh but it is crazy how much he looks like him yeah um so that was that was interesting and, and i the... forgot the name of the actor playing grams but he's been on the show before too cuz he was in a uh, sundown Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. I forgot about that. He's a he's a veteran veteran character actor. He's been, he's in, been in a ton of things, everything. but I bet you Sundown and Terrorvision are probably my two faves. Hell yeah! <laughs> I'm so glad that I got you to watch Sundown. Yeah, I'm so glad that I you. It's not like you forced me to. I'd never heard of the damn thing. It's so funny. I loved it. Yeah, I was so into that movie. Yeah, that's another perfect movie as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Um. So. All right. So survivalist wacko, and then the 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 youngest child whose name is Sherman, like the Sherman tank. Uh, He is basically Grandpa's protege in being a survivalist wacko. I love that Grandpa just pulls out a real gun and starts firing at the kid, and everybody's just like, oh, Gramps. (laughs) And this movie is such a treasure for for that reason as well, for the fact that, like you say, it's a time capsule, Mm -hmm. but it is such an... Everyone is an exact parody 
of a personality trait from the 80s. Like, yep. this is the Rambo movie, militaristic, obsessed Reaganite. You know, th- that that trope that existed there. And it's it's so perfect. Yeah. It's like, it, it's it's all I need of that to remember what that was from that time. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm yet another reason I love it. Um, so... Here's an interesting thing that goes on here. So, oh, sorry. Got to mention the fact that his whole shtick is that he breeds lizards because their tails fall off. <laughs> what a weird character trait that doesn't come into play at all. I th- I think <laughs> this was a real thing. What was Maybe real- I'm crazy. I think this was a survivalist trope that he must have read about and was like, holy That's shit. That's so weird. I got to use that. Yeah, because it's like, oh, they're generating animal protein by feeding them whatever and you can you can eat their tails and yeah. they'll just regenerate and you can just do it over and over again but it's it's one of those weird things where usually when they do something like that and they spend a lot of time with it i mean he wears that sign hmm. he, he's eating with sherman uh he shares some with od or offers him to, like they keep talking about the no lizard tail jerky no, but course. there's no, no payoff no, whatsoever no no, no 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 that is that it's is not like they cut the monster's tail off later and it's like oh he's growing it back just like a lizard you know they don't even they don't we gotta have... make jerky out of him <laughs> i mean they talk about lizard tail jerky for the first 20 minutes and then just forget about it <laughs> that's I guess. true okay that's fine they don't bother me none it's just kind of odd it is it is very odd um okay and so for some reason, while Dad is fucking around with the satellite, which clearly has been working this whole time because everybody's been watching TV, yeah. um, the guy that sold it to him is in his backyard with him, watching him work and drinking his beer. Guzzling his heinies. Guzzling his heinies. <laughs> I can't even get a heinie for the road. I can't even get a heinie for the road. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's even set up that same way that like like as far as product placement goes, you know when like Pitbull like they were like oh if you say Kodak fifteen times then we'll give you a million dollars and he was like I take a picture with my Kodak of a Kodak and then there's a Kodak and you Kodak your Kodak and Kodak Kodak <laughs> and it's like wh- why is he saying Kodak Wait, so who, much who is this what? uh Pitbull this like the rapper? The is rapper. It a rapper? Uh, it's a singer. You know what is it? What is what is a pit bull anyway? You say what is it? I do. He is he is an entertainer. Okay. He's a DJ. He's a guy that shouts. I mean, he is now all but irrelevant. But at the time, he was picking up on this thing. McDonald's did the same thing, where they would offer rappers certain amounts of money if they got certain amount of airplay with them saying McDonald's and they're in a rap. <laughs> It was fucking weird. It was a weird time. I'm sure it's. I'm sure there's still some of that stuff going on now, but ugh. <laughs> <laughs> commercialism. I hates it. But yeah, they go out of their way to say Heine a lot of yes. times. Um. So, Grandpa and the. Uh... Nope. Sorry. Skipped ahead. Uh. So while he's uh while Dad's hammering on the satellite dish, it gets hit by the alien ray from outer space. Which brings the satellite back online, and the TV works great, and the family rejoices. <laughs> Woo! I can go back to watching the new Noodles video. <laughs> oh, and but instead of going and watching the Noodles video, they go into the living room and they <laughs> pull out the huge, hilarious remote I control. I love it, man. Love it. <laughs> and uh, and he shows the family new dimensions in TV pleasure. <laughs> Which includes kung fu movies, war documentaries, porn on Channel 69, and wasp videos on MTV that are just rehashed footage from the Dungeon Master yep. movie. Charles Band. Is... School of uh, Roger Corman Recycling. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, I love that stuff. It's <laughs> yeah. great. Um, 
And then some, uh, so they get into a big fight over the remote control, which causes the box outside to blow up again. And some crazy poltergeist shit flies out of the TV and Medusa's midnight horror marathon gets queued up. No, I, 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 I find this fascinating. This, this girl that played Medusa, Jennifer Richards, uh, I sent you that. I don't know if you watched that yeah. clip I sent you. Uh, she was on the Johnny Carson show. That. Why was she on Carson? I don't know. I only noticed, like, when I was at work one night, we had the antenna TV playing the old shows, it plays old Carson reruns. And I was like, who is that? <laughs> I watched I, it, and they weren't like, oh, in your new project, they were like, boobs and boobs. They just talked so about boobs and, boobs. and then Eddie Murphy sat there and was like, hey, boobs. Yeah. <laughs> boobs. And it's like, was she just famous for having boobs pretty much uh but like you can see her range in her acting like she, she does a bunch of different voices she, it sucks because she, she, she's really good i she is I and, hope and then she not. totally burned carson too when she had him turn his back and asked him asked him what color her eyes are and he couldn't because they just talked about the boobs the whole time <laughs> i thought that was great but um at the beginning of that they're talking about her new show women behind bars which is a funny take on Women in prison stuff. I can't find any mention of that show on yeah, IMDb or existence like or anything. They, it's like, it's like they made it up. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's like they just had her on because she had boobs and then they were like, it's so weird. It's so weird, but she's sitting there right next to Eddie Murphy. Like, like. Yeah. I mean. Why, how, why, how is she there? How, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I don't get any of it. I saw her. I went through her IMDb she's and she's been a couple things. She's, she's been, been vanished stuff, for years. Yeah. She definitely like there's n- hiding her hair of her no. anywhere on the internet as like a person. Like you can't find her anywhere. Yeah, and she does a she does a funny voice on Carson and you can tell when she's in this she does uh she's she, funny. She, she, the Medusa the Medusa is it all an act and then when she's playing the normal person it's a completely different voice like yep. you would you would maybe assume to see a bunch of Voice acting credits even, but nothing. Yeah. She's just kind of there and gone. It sucks because she is really good. Yeah. And that's the that's it's a bummer. And I I have a horrible feeling that this is one of those things where she was like, you know what? I think maybe I've been objectified for maybe enough time and maybe <laughs> I'm gonna move on with my life. Yeah. And just get the fuck away from here. Cause that Carson thing was honestly It was cringy. It man. was it was Might painful. Now. It was uh, can, Talk about can your time you capsule. imagine. No. If somebody did that today, yeah. that would be, they would shut down production on that show yeah. the next day. <laughs> it would be like, okay, well, sorry, everybody's fired and you can all go home now. <laughs> but wow, insanity. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. So this is the part where Robot Monster plays and it's got the weird overdub. Okay. Um, so Grandpa, Grandpa's now fucking around with the remote some more. He nearly breaks it this time, like because everybody who plays with the remote almost breaks it. Um, but eventually, uh, he stumbles into our alien, <laughs> and we just watch it drip slime in the TV. He's like, flips over, and they're like, "Oh, huh?" There's a, a David Lynch movie. Yeah, they, they're <laughs> just watching it. And they're like, Do something! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it just sitting there? And. Uh, and they're like, well, whatever. They flip the channel away from it, but then they fall asleep. And while they're sleeping, ooh, ooh. the monster comes out of the 13-inch TV. I love how he comes out, too. I love that they didn't just do the uh, the normal oh, blue too. electricity. I'm All the so colors glad. look so great. Um, I mean, I'm so glad that they didn't bother trying something stupid here, like some sort of like video like overlay effect or anything like that. They were just like, no, it happens off screen. Shut up. Yep. You know, like... Like video dead, 
you know, that whole thing where it's like, we got to get a person out of a 10-inch TV. Yeah. <laughs> How do we do that? Well, we have them put their arm out, and then we go to another scene, and then we show their feet. Solved. Solved. That's fine. But I just love all the little Technicolor uh, oh. lightning bolts, all the yellow and blues and green. It's Yeah, it's very ghostbusters Yeah. Um, so grandpa and the kid, uh, wake up to the monster sitting in front of them and they scream and hide behind the couch. And once they see the coast is clear, they run to grandpa's bomb shelter to break out the firepower. <laughs> as grandpa says, this is such a wacky house, man. They got, they got a, grandpa living in it. They got a swimming pool inside. Uh, all the, all, all the sex art everywhere. <laughs> the statues. I can't imagine. I mean, as as crazy as this house is, it's crazier to imagine the fact that they built it intentionally. Yeah. Like, every every inch of this place is to spec. Mm-hmm. Like, someone said, this is exactly what I need for this thing. And it's perfect, but it's so fucking weird. Yeah. I mean, that, that room with the pool. Well, it's not a real house. I mean. But it. Well, but I mean, it was made. It's a set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a pool there. They yes. had to fill they did, something they with did, water. And they did build a pool and fill it with water and filled it with freezing. dry ice. So when they were in that pool, they were fucking freezing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not terribly smart. It's like you could have you could have put it in cups on the side. You could have done any number of things. <laughs> uh, but there that's you like go. the girl uh, swimming in pieces. Where they have the oh ten degree God. pool, she almost died. Jesus, why? They probably actually enjoyed the pool scene though, because right. apparently it was ninety degrees and and no air conditioning there every day when they were making this movie. Oh, that's so awful. Yeah, and this is this is the old Dino De Laurentiis studio. And apparently when he bounced town, he ripped everything out of it. That's why I don't have any air conditioning or running water. Or- it makes me laugh so much that, like, he basically gets kicked out of this studio. Like, he can't afford it anymore. And he's like, oh, fine. I'm taking all the fucking <laughs> copper wiring. I'm going to sell it on the black market yeah. and you guys can go fuck yourselves. I'm taking these heat ducts. I'm taking like, these AC what, ducts. What is happening? Yeah. It's, it's like a fucking meth dealer. It's like, this is not the behavior that I would expect from, like, a multi-millionaire, like, film producer. Man, those are those kind of whack jobs that some that's, pick themselves back up and start a new studio studio right, right. after exactly like, but that's, that's who these people are like every one of these motherfuckers i, I, is I, like I admire their tenacity right exactly and that's what's so cool about this you know that corman would do something like that mm-hmm. you know that fucking charles band would do something yep. like that and has probably done something like that <laughs> and it's just it's that kind of like weird hucksterism that leads to these kind of cool people <laughs> existing in the world and you kind of have to accept that if you were dealing with them in a one-on-one basis where you actually had to rely on them for your paycheck, you'd think that <laughs> so they were scary. an honest-to-God monster. <laughs> yeah. But from the outside, you can appreciate it in a different way. And I know that they're like, a lot of these people kind of sucked, mm-hmm. you know? And like, but, you know, it also trained some really amazing directors when they when they got underneath, you know? Yeah. Lloyd, Lloyd Kaufman? You know, he paid everybody in cheese sandwiches, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but then you get a James Gunn. I'd love a cheese sandwich from Uncle Lloyd. That's <laughs> so sad. That was like that was craft services was like white bread Red, and craft singles, cheese. like generic craft singles. <laughs> Yikes! 
Well, they didn't starve to death, so that's no. important. Uh, okay, so Grandpa's now armed with uh, an M16, and ah, uh, oh, you know your guns. Uh, no, actually, the kid has an M16, and Grandpa <laughs> actually has an old something or other. It looks like a Thompson or something. It's a weird <laughs> gun that he has. Um, uh, but they. So okay, hold on. Why is so the repair guy comes in the middle of the night to repair the. Whatever. Okay. He won't do repairs. Oh, he will do repairs. He won't install, but he'll do repairs. he just covers repairs. And so he shows up and basically breaks into their backyard and goes to repair their their satellite dish. And so Grandpa and the kid have their automatic weapons, and they run out to the backyard. They're like, somebody's trying to steal the the SATCOM or whatever Grandpa (laughs) says. And, uh, And so they go out and hold him at gunpoint. In their backyard. Oh, you kids. You kids. Uh, Grandpa and Sherman quickly let him go so that they can go recon the house because they they believe his outrageous story that he's a satellite repairman who shows up at 10 o'clock at night. He just wanted more beer. He wanted to steal more beer. More heinies. Yeah. But as soon as, as, soon as they leave the, the repair guy, the alien pops out of nowhere and eats him. Unfortunately, we don't get like a real kill here. We got so many fun effects kills in this. We movie. do. They don't want to. They don't want to. They don't want to burn out too fast. It's true. I would have. I would have liked something though. Yeah. Like this was. This was the only nah, like first kill. First kill. You got to be a total off. Yeah. Off screen. I can see that. Yeah. So Grandpa goes to get a drink, and the monster does another uh, another pop out of the TV deal, <laughs> and this time he grabs Grandpa, picks him up by the head, and turns him into a pile of green goo. Yeah. <laughs> this movie's got a bunch of green blood. Yeah. It's very oh, strange. It's the best. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's... It, it works. It's so much better. Like, red blood would have been so much less interesting than this. Mm-hmm. I I love a movie with, like, weird, pointless, like, fluid colors. I like phantasm yellow. I like evil dead green. I like, you know, like, I like it when... Street trash. The street trash blue. <laughs> Fuck Yeah. That's the kind of stuff I think is really fun. Yeah, it is funny too because when I watched this as a kid, this was this has been one of my favorites forever. Uh, when I watched it as a kid, it bothered me. When I first started watching horror movies, really? when I first started, you know, letting my dad sneak rent them for me on the weekends, or, uh, <laughs> you know, this one came and like I wanted that bloodbath, I wanted that gore, and I was just like, oh, right. why are they giving me green blood? This is like kitty stuff, and I remember getting bothered by it. Now that I watch it. Oh, that's now funny. I'm just like, oh, this is cool. Like yeah, this is yeah, different yeah. and neat, and I love it now. Oh, that's but yeah. As a kid, I felt me. like I was getting gypped. Like I rented an R-rated movie. I want red blood. <laughs> yeah, I can I can see how a little kid would feel that way. Yep. But definitely for me, this is like that is that is my favorite. It's one of the things about Phantasm that really sticks with me. Mm-hmm. Like when like the death in part two when they finally take out uh, the tall man. It's like that just yellow shit yeah. blowing everywhere is so much grosser than it would be if it was blood. Yep. Like just ugh. the mustard in your veins. He's like custard man. Yeah. Disgusting. Disgusting. Mm, I haven't had a good custard in years. <laughs> <laughs> uh yes. Um we can't afford actual sound clips. No. So. <laughs> of course not. And Michael Winslow over here. <laughs> Uh, yes. Oh, so when the, when the monster kills people, he basically melts them and turns them into a pile of green goo, which he then 
like slurps <laughs> up with his super tongue. He does not lick it. Like his tongue does not lick things up. It just flops on like. <laughs> <laughs> But the sound him. sells it. Oh, 100% sells yeah. it. It's it's disgusting and hilarious. Uh, and it is, like everything else in this movie, it's the only thing like it you'll ever see. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just, there's no comparison. Um, so, all right. What do we got here? Um, oh, yeah. So Sherman sees this happen and he runs down to the fallout shelter and calls the police shocker the police don't believe him uh but turns out there's a tv in the bunker and we get a we get some scooby-doo like swiping from the tv with the alien claw and missing you know that kind of stuff um and then the now that the parents are back from what was the name of the club Oh shoot! I forgot. Did Fuck. They, did they mention it? They, they do. There was a. There's some sort of stupid club name, but uh, the parents go out to some swingers club, and they've brought another swinger couple. <laughs> these guys are great. And these guys are amazing. Spiros and Spiros, a manly man. A manly man. <laughs> uh, so and uh, and also this incredibly like pitch perfect like crazy uh, L.A. bimbo character. Mm-hmm. She is like, I mean, I think I think that the uh, they're all based on what's her name, the pink pink Camaro and uh, billboards in L.A. What are you talking I, about? I think she's the the prototype for all of these characters. Do you not know who I'm talking about? No. Oh man, I have no idea. Oh, the, the, it pink sucks. Camaro. And- yeah, there's there's this woman who basically is like this L.A. fixture, and she essentially lives off dudes who just will pay for everything for her. She's got big fake boobs and a big fake pink Camaro and she drives around. She's a, one of those one named kind of characters. Hmm. Uh, it sucks. Um, I'll remember it at think some point. I you just made this up. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I know a couple of people from LA who have like firsthand experience with her, like in the nineties and two thousands when she was verging on old. Okay. So, it makes it even more interesting, and she still lives that same way. Meh. But she's like, she's this this oddly famous character. Okay. Um, my God, I'm gonna have to edit this now so that I literally come in just like her name was Monique, <laughs> uh, but because it's gonna drive everyone insane. Um, either way, okay. So basically, now- basically every character in this is an exaggerated yeah parody of people. Yes. These are just these swanky swinger and that and that total airhead played to a yep. t yeah perfect um so sherman comes out tries to yell to mom and dad that grandpa was eaten by a monster i and... like to like the, uh i forgot her name but she asks if he'll be joining us too like for the swinger part it's like what <laughs> i hope that was a joke i yeah i don't know the answer to that yeah. question um there, i mean let's face it there's some things that didn't age well in this yeah. movie i will say that a lot of people talk about how the uh, like the weird homophobia of this this thing it's it's pretty mild as these things go. There's these no... things can go really weird. Um, yeah, I mean this I, one doesn't. This I, this one strikes me as a funny misunderstanding. I yeah, don't even think it's like a 
homophobia right. thing per se. It's like, oh no, I'm I'm straight. Oh, yeah. Okay, I thought you weren't. Okay, it <laughs> wasn't like there was no judgment, and I feel like there's a lot of, like in this situation in an '80s movie, you <laughs> think these things are gonna go terribly. Fuck, even a '90s movie. I forgot what I, mean, I was watching. Oh I, I think God. it's Ski School Two. Like, they, they, they did a big prank where they, they filmed two of the guy characters to get revenge and, like, broadcast the video to make it look like they were lovers. And that was, like, the big bad thing. And I'm just, like, watching this being like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's, like, disgusted that these guys were kissing. Uh, and I was just like, oh, Christ guys, this is, like, 95, might... man. Like, <laughs> well, that might, that might just be a director issue. But, I mean, I guess I don't remember. Maybe the 90s were pretty bad, too. Yeah. I mean, I think... I think ask, that was the one that blew Sarah and I away this year when we were watching it. it was Ski School 2. There was just a lot of, like, wow. homophobic slurs, even. That's and it's crazy. just, like, weird, man. <laughs> That's crazy. But, I mean, if it was filmed in Boston, it could have been filmed this year. You know, so... <laughs> Bad mouth in Boston? <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to get my ass kicked. We're getting all the Boston guys. Oh, gonna shit. going to be mad at us. <laughs> uh, go, go Pats, is what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah, socks yeah. win. It's, it's all the home runs. Yep. I like socks. I, I wear them... <laughs> I wear them every day. Stickball, good guys. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, Dunkin', fucking go to Dunkies. <laughs> fucking pay us. <laughs> we said Dunkin' Donuts fifteen times. We said we said Dunkin' Donuts on the podcast. Somebody fucking pay us. Uh, all right. So now we get this. Uh, so we've <laughs> we've gotten mom. She's pissed off. So she just she's like, oh well, fuck this. And throws the kid down into Grandpa's dungeon. And locks the door with a with, with a, a padlock. <laughs> what if there's a damn fire? <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. I guess they probably wouldn't burn out the bomb shelter. I mean, I guess honestly, they would technically be safe. Yeah. Probably they'd be oh, safe. Yeah, no, I think about it. Like ventilation and all. That yeah. Shit. Yeah. Probably okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So let's see. <laughs> Oh, is Grandpa already taking control at this point? Oh, yeah, he was already dead. <laughs> the, the, grandpa's the, we grandpa's that, already We get that great dead. setup for the joke further on where the mom's like, oh, Grandpa, are you there? Ah, uh, yes! Right, yes, dear, just taking care right of business! <laughs> yep, so... Can Sherman come in? Oh, yeah, that's fine. Yep. I'm just taking care of business. <laughs> that's that's what happens here. And and it's straight-up Rob, like, Rob Botten stuff. Like, this is like the thing redux effects mm-hmm. they're beautiful yeah. beautiful beautiful effects uh and and they do that whole shtick with the the actors heads coming out of the monster <laughs> yep so it's a beekler yeah i mean he's been a guest on this show before too <laughs> <laughs> i mean it goes without saying that he is one of the greatest of all time and you know he was and this was his like this was his fuck off thing too. Like he was doing two things at once. Yeah, he was also editing Troll while this yeah. was being. I I was watching a special feature thing with Ted Nicola there about this, and he was mentioning Beekler about making the monster, and he said something really funny. Maybe you know exactly what I'm talking about. Everything that John Beekler makes, it lo- looks like him. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted him to make a monster that didn't look like his face, and I've started thinking about it. And I it's know, strangely true. I was like. What are you talking about? I mean, then the, you start thinking of the fucking ghoulies and everything. You're like, holy <laughs> shit, dude keeps making himself in monster form. Uh, I mean, true. He also was he was looking for something crazy when he when he designed this monster. He was like, make it look like nothing that that could exist. It was and supposed to be completely asymmetrical. Yep. There's just like random shit sticking out everywhere. And then because of that, because of the, the Charles band thing where it's always like, 
Well, it was on the poster. It's on the poster. Get me a so, damn arm with a okay, eyeball. Okay, then I guess the... Or we don't even know if that's an arm. They made it one. <laughs> Whatever. It's yeah. a dick with an eyeball on it. Who gives a shit? <laughs> and so, sure, it's got an eyeball on it. I uh, want to know who drew the poster. Good question. Because it's not like a cheap... You think if you're just making a poster for a movie that doesn't even exist and you don't even have a plot for, like, you just whip up some corny drawing. But, like, it's a really good drawing. Like, yeah. Who, who got paid that... And that can't be like a freebie job. No, 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 no. That's the thing is that like Canon and Full Moon and any of these companies that did the Mm pre-sales by poster, um, they paid real money. Like the the artist probably got a couple grand for this poster. Yep. Uh, They hired uh, airbrush artists who back in the day could make real money doing posters. Obviously, that skill is now all but dead. So sad. It really is. Um, But yeah. It, it's crazy. He, I mean, I'm sure Charles paid as little as he possibly could for the posters, but... What? Oh, I know, it's crazy. <laughs> you burn your band bridges, a, buddy. <laughs> yeah, he would never admit to saving money on things. You have totally burned all yeah, your band bridges. sure. Uh, <laughs> I was never going to get on a show now. I love how they were like, they were talking about all of these things. It was like, I really wanted Frank Zappa, and I was like, maybe John Williams would do the soundtrack. And then I I asked the Pope to come by to do this thing. But then we, we finally settled on Albert Band. Yeah, Richard Brand. Well, Richard yeah. Band. Why did you settle on Richard? Mm. Oh, right, because he was there going, hey, hey, I'm over here. I'm over here. I have to do the soundtrack to everything at full moon. <laughs> And, uh, but I'm, honestly, I'm Charles' brother, and I work, like, super cheap. <laughs> I don't know if he works super cheap. I don't know if he does. He does good stuff, though. I, I, I have love no problem his, with Richard Band music. I, that, that's the thing that's funny, is that, like, I don't actually hate him. No. You know, like, I think he's very talented, and it's one of those nepotism things that works out nicely. Yeah. Sometimes it works out well. We were just, before we went on, we were talking about the movie Forbidden Zone, and it's like, fucking Richard Elfman, man. Good job with Danny Elfman on your soundtrack. Yeah. It worked out pretty good, <laughs> you know? Um, so I got to see that movie. That's I'm se- just going to admit it to the world. I haven't seen Forbidden Zone. Sorry. That sequel's coming out soon. Oh, really? I think. Oh, wait. Is that one of those things they've been talking about for? Uh, kind of is. And he's been, but he's been saying that he, but uh, some of, some one of the bands that we've played with, that Covered in Bees has played with a couple times, mm-hmm. this band called the Radioactive Chicken Heads are supposed to be doing the whole soundtrack. Oh, I and know so them. They, they're a big costume band, right? Yeah, they are. Okay. <laughs> they're amazing. Do they have the big Carrot Head guy singer for them? Or is that something else? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, I think that was their thing. Okay. Um, it was hard to remember because both times we played with them, we were also playing with Green Jello, And so all those costumes kind of uh, yep. just mixed together, and I didn't know what was what. But they all smelled terrible, and uh, <laughs> they looked cool on stage. Oh, I bet they're rank. Oh, yeah. Oh, and they just say, hey, random crust punk, you want to put on this costume? <laughs> Good call. That's that's great. So a new crust punk at every stop puts on the costume and sweats in it. Ooh. Oh, my God. Somewhere in there is the virus that will wipe out mankind. <laughs> it's in one of those heads. Uh, okay. So 
Sherman is now in the in the room with uh, newly aliened Grandpa, and he's searching around. He's like opening. <laughs> he knows that this is the fucking monster. He yeah. knows there's a monster. He knows that it's the size of a fucking sedan, and so he opens the lockers to look inside <laughs> to see if the sedan-sized monster is in there. Shocker, he is not. He does not fit into one of those little <laughs> lockers, uh, and he also is nowhere else to be seen. And we cannot see this this monster anywhere. So he's good at hiding. He's I guess he's gone back into the TV. Sure, sure. Uh, now our couples are getting weird and swingy. The high pitched bikini model lady gets into the pool, and I love Garrett Graham's line delivery when he walks out to get his bathing suit. He's <laughs> just like, "Oh man, that bikini is dynamite." <laughs> It's just I love the cartoony oh. nature of this movie. Everything's just so oh yeah hokey. It is, it is so wonderfully hokey. Um, yeah, mind blowingly hokey, but good <laughs> stuff. Um, okay. Raquel's making a drink with uh, Spiros. Spiros, a manly man. A manly man. <laughs> And he's an Italian man who is Greek into man. Greek culture. I think is what I thought. I thought he was Greek. Oh, Greek. maybe that's it. Maybe he's just a Greek man. Okay. <laughs> All right, he, I, he's talking with a weird Italian accent, so maybe I'm, maybe I'm just imagining yeah. that. Maybe it's just because they're in Italy filming this. They are in Italy. So, um, all right. So the alien is like kind of peeping in through the TV on the bikini model in the pool, uh, and then that gets cleared off, and we see the other alien. Whatever his name is, the guy that runs Pluthar. the Pluthar, the <laughs> the operator of the sanitation station, who made the big oopsie poopsie that <laughs> might just kill all of your civilization. Sorry about the inconvenience. Uh, yes, I enjoy I enjoy his line. I don't think it's here. I think it's later. But he's like, uh, just destroy all forms of communication for two hundred Earth years, yeah. <laughs> and you might be able to save yourselves. He's got some great lines. He does. He has some good lines. Um, so the, uh, after, after he leaves, then Medusa comes back on TV and starts taking phone calls. And so obviously the first person to call gets straight through to her without an operator. That's what happens. That's what happens. So you ever try calling like the radio for a request? You always, or to you win go, tickets or anything, you always get right answered. through. Yep. Uh, so... Sherman explains the situation with the monster and the aliens and all this other stuff. And she irrationally hangs up on him <laughs> like a dick. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's, it's a very, uh, fright nighty kind of thing here. It is. And then, then she does a weird little prank to Sherman to one person. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's fun. She does a little thing where she's like, Stan Sherman, come to the screen. And she, beckons him forward and he gets really close to it and then she has like a hand puppet monster that bites the screen <laughs> and he gives him a little jump scare weird i loved it yeah um this is where we realize that spiru actually wants to have sex with stanley whoa uh but uh and then so that's a misunderstanding it sure is <laughs> uh and it doesn't go any further than that it's no. just kind of like oh oops so Spiru sees his uh, bikini model girlfriend in the pool, but there's fog everywhere, so you can't see that there's actually a monster yeah, underneath Yeah, she must be hands. like a big 
She must be connected to the big top of the monster. Right, so yeah. like the monster is like underwater breathing through her head, we can only assume. He's crazy. He's got lots of monster skills. Yeah, and <laughs> just like the, I mean, and just like the uh, the rest of this Bob Botton shit, we get the fucking chest alligator here, where uh, he goes in to, to see his girlfriend, and we get an alligator kill, which is great. Just the big teeth come out of the pool. Oh, yes. Okay. Snap on him. Sort of like the uh, the the chest compression one. Yes, I was thinking like an actual alligator for some reason. I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Either way, like, what so- do they miss? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, mom and dad go to investigate. Monster kills them both, and there's a lot of green goo. This was a pretty. They get dispatched pretty quick. They, oh, dude, we you know what? We completely skipped over Od's entrance. Oh, did we? Yeah. Oh man. Of meeting Od. <laughs> He's such a great character. Oh, he is the best. John Grease from uh, yeah. Monster Squad and Fright Night 2. Uh, great yep. dude. <laughs> you like metal, little dude? Kiss the boot. <laughs> kiss the boot. Uh, kiss this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he'll come back. Uh, yes, he will He will definitely just kind of be back. kind of shocked that we forgot his, uh, yeah, I love I don't his intro and his, oh my God. his nice demeanor with the parents. <laughs> He's... He's phenomenal. Um, yeah. Let's see. Where are we? Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. This is now OD because OD and the sister went out to another party. Yes. So they finally come back and they see the parent puddles everywhere. They see the parent puddles everywhere. Um, Sherman now wires his door with C4 and blows it up to get out of the bunker. <laughs> um, and he gets out and tries to keep his sister and OD from getting eaten, but they don't believe that there's a monster here. Uh, so they go to the parents' pleasure dome and see all the goo floating in the pool. And uh, <laughs> the sister and Sherman go looking for the parents upstairs in the bedroom. And we get the Bob Carroll, Ted and Alice reveal where they're all sitting in bed together <laughs> and that great <laughs> that great grandpa joke too uh oh i'm here too honey just taking care of business <laughs> disgusting classic and she is so grossed out because not only are they swinging together they're swinging with grandpa yeah that's a little weird that is a lot of weird um so i love the whole look of it too their heads in the bed just yeah. constantly <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, and it's like it's Undulating. like it's like a thousand rats yeah. under the blankets. It's just like everything is just moving constantly. Mm. It's disgusting. Um, but so, their heads are completely still. It's so well, great. yes, and they they are. They're set up with the the as a parody of the the poster for yep. Bob Carroll, Ted, and Alice. So uh, okay, the alien comes back on. He does the warning again, and this time. I love this. This is such a trope from the 80s for the metal guy. Mm-hmm. When somebody's writing a metal guy and they don't know, they've never met a metal guy before. Uh, he's doing air guitar to everything. Yeah, that's so, what all metal guys do. He's like, the alien comes on and starts talking about how they're all in danger. And he's like, yeah, I'm playing along to this warning of danger. Dude, I've constantly seen you organizing a shop while doing that. I don't even think you realize you're doing it. <laughs> Just constantly, bro. Yeah. That's what you metalheads do. You gotta rock out, bro. Um, this yes. dude's totally metal. <laughs> yeah. He's, 
it's it's such a high level of rocking. Yeah. So if you can if you can rock out to an abstract concept, that is like that is a transcendental level of rocking. <laughs> um, so we get more poltergeist shit here, and the monster materializes, and Od says, "Whoa, psychedelic." <laughs> Got some cool colors when he comes out. <laughs> True, there are cool colors. Uh, Sherman shows up and opens fire on the monster, but it's no use. Uh, it goes out to eat Od, but then he sees his gauntleted hand and he he holds up and he's reminded of his kindly keeper or his kindly owner who also wore studded gauntlets and fed him. Yep. And O.D., of course, realizes that this means he's into metal. He looked at my studs and cooled out. This dude's so into metal. This is like that alien in that movie that made you cry like a butthole. <laughs> Remember the movie about the space dude that made you cry like a butthole? He's got the best lines. And they that, mostly involve butthole. That is one of the funniest lines in any movie ever. <laughs> ever. I love that line yep. so much. Remember the movie about the space dude that made you cry like a butthole? <laughs> uh, I don't know. And so OD's like, you know, he fed him like the little candy. So here, dude, have some cigarettes. <laughs> I think he's feeding him cigarettes. I don't know what he had in his pocket. It looked like cigarettes. I didn't think they were cigarettes. I thought they were like, I don't know, rock candy maybe. <laughs> sure. Because cause he likes metal. Well, if this was a Spielberg, they would edit it like that. You'd be like, oh, he's not cigs anymore. He's, it's rock candy. Right. <laughs> he, oh, this dude likes heinies. He must party. Yeah. Oh, they're root beers now. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're cell phones. Yeah. Um. So... <laughs> They pile a bunch of food on the table. I love this shot just <laughs> for the so packaging. Good. It's just, so good. Just, just for another time capsule. Like, yep. You remember those boxes from where you were a kid. Oh, yeah. It's so neat to see like the difference in This is all the shitty like junk food oh, from yeah. your childhood. Um, they teach him to say food, and uh, then, they, uh, then they play him some music. It's almost as important as food. I love two OD here. It's like, ah, oh. it's like some nice like Lawrence Welk stuff. Oh, don't listen to that. That'll rot your brain. Don't listen to that. That'll rot your brain. Ooh, bad tune, dude. <laughs> Check this out. This is my band. I wrote I, this. I wrote this song. <laughs> and so he, of course, does air guitar through the whole thing. And the monster does not like the this. The monster is not a metalhead. monster turns out to not be a metalhead. Mm. Uh... They try to teach him English, and he sneezes some green mashed potatoes on the kid. Uh, they decide that for some reason having this alien is going to make them a million bucks, but they just need to get him on TV somehow. Yeah. Who do they know that's on TV? The well, girl that just hung up on me last time I said monster. We're best friends now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, Sherman calls the, the Medusa show again, uh, and they invite her to a party that they're having for the monster or something. Yeah. Uh, All they had to say was there was a party. And she was like, I'll be right there. <laughs> come, yep. on, come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> the monster's getting impatient with the quality of the TV too, which like he's watching stuff. Which is like, hilarious. I hate this, whatever. Yeah. Um, so the cops show up to arrest Sherman for making prank phone calls to the police station. I guess. I guess his one call. Yeah, that's 
That seems Wouldn't right. Wouldn't you like investigate this first before? The, I mean, he got the warrant fast. <laughs> and it's impressive. Uh, they got nothing else to do. I guess not. I mean, they're out in like Sherman Oaks or something. That's so, just you know. like shit. What was the other movie we covered with the cops that didn't do anything? One of the Slumber Party Massacres or something, maybe. Oh, uh, uh, Warlock. Yes, that's right. Warlock was the worst with yeah. police. <laughs> like, oh, this guy just whipped my hand? Well, we'll let him out. It's fine. Yeah. Somebody trying to kill me. Yeah, right. Right. Click. <laughs> <What? Wow. laughs> yep. So, uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. The cop comes in, and he makes it about two feet before the monster melts his hand off and then eats him. Yeah. This cop's funny. Uh, he's got, like, no role at all. Nope. He's just like, I'm here to arrest somebody. Whoa, hachi machi. <laughs> yeah. But now, Sherman has a plan to stop this monster. He smashes out the TV and then breaks out the heavy artillery. And the heavy artillery is the same gun that hasn't worked yet. But, yep. you know, whatever. That's fine. <laughs> uh, they go looking for the monster and they find that OD has been melted into a pile of goo in the shape of a Gibson SG. <laughs> I never noticed that until this watch, that yeah. he was a guitar-shaped puddle. Yep. After, 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 I think I rented this movie the first time when I was maybe 13. It's, it's a I pretty, first saw it. it's a pretty oblique shot. It's not like they went directly down on it or anything. No. It's like, it's kind of And I didn't even side. notice it when I watched, I noticed it when I was watching a different person's video talking about this movie who mentioned that and that his bracelets make the, the frets on the guitar and everything. And I'm looking at this and I'm like... How did I never see this? <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> it was a really fun uh, fun fact that I just never noticed. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what else I missed? <laughs> <laughs> so after finding OD, they go up to the bedroom where the parents were, and they find a giant pile of goo in the bed. And so that's all that's left of them. Oh, I also love, too, when OD dies. We just glossed over that. <laughs> the shut up butthole line when, he's, <laughs> when the alien's freaking out. Yes. And he's just like, shut up, butthole. <laughs> oh, my Perfect. God. Yeah. That was the... Uh... I think OD says, like, butthole in, like, five or six sentences. And yep. it's so great. <laughs> yeah, the monster's, like... So now the monster's, like, sitting in a pool watching an alien invasion movie. It's so great. And he's, like, he's chuckling. Laughing. He's yeah. like, ah, like this. And uh, Sherman and his sister try to sneak up from behind and, like, electrocute him or something. Uh, Sherman grabs the remote. Which is hilarious, because it's like, dude, he's been going through electronics. <laughs> yeah, I... Okay. Well, whatever. Well, what the hell else, man? You got a weird turd monster in your house. You try everything. Try whatever you got. Yeah. Uh, I don't blame I'd probably do the same thing. So, But unfortunately, Sherman slips in one of the goo piles, and the alien Whoopsies. grabs him by the leg with his <laughs> tentacle. Uh, he cuts the tentacle off, and uh, Sis throws the remote in the pool, and then more poltergeist shit happens, and... Uh, Pluthon, the space guy, comes through to save them. He's like, hey, oh, sorry, this is the this is a thing that's called a hungry beast, and it's a house pet that mutated, and I'm here, don't worry, I've got this gun that will stop him, and I can save you. And I can, and my favorite, too, I can, I can bring your parents back. <laughs> what, like clones? Oh, no, they'd be your real mom and dad. But they'd have to live in a special <laughs> aquarium. Special <laughs> aquarium. Yeah. So it's good. It's all so good. It's all, I love the fact that he brings up, this is so, this is such a meta movie for being so early. 
like he brings up the idea of like the happy ending that the Spielberg movie would have. He's like, don't mm-hmm. worry, I can bring your mom and dad back, and I'm here. I'm the Deus Ex Machina that's gonna yep. save the day. And uh, oh yes, of course, I can do all of these things. And then Medusa comes. She walks in so from behind and then smashes the globe on his head, which apparently depressurizes him and his head explodes. Just boom. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> Oops. Uh, okay. And it's so unexpected. It is. It's ridiculously <laughs> unexpected. It, like, it. I've seen this movie a hundred times, and every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, yeah. That's <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I am the answer to all the... Oh, oh shit, never mind. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. So, now the Hungry Beast, like, legitimately Kool-Aid mans through the wall. And Sherman's got the, got the alien's gun, but he can't get it to work. And he's like, now the Hungry Beast is, like, literally, like, sucking it's everything. It's like a giant wind tunnel. Yeah, yeah. everything's going into its mouth and whatever. And... They're all dead. Yeah. And that's it. They're fucking all dead. Cheers. <laughs> that's it. Uh, and then we, we cut out to the car and we see uh, the assistant for Medusa asleep in the car. And uh, he gets woken up by Medusa screaming. She's like, come on, let got to get back to the studio. And then you realize that she's all covered in goo and she's clearly part of the monster. Mm-hmm. And she's about to go beam come herself. On, on. She's going to beam herself out into all of the other... TV stations across mm-hmm. the world and eat everybody. Yeah. The end. Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> I am shocked that this movie doesn't have a sequel. I mean, it, they failed. Left it, it open. failed so bad. Yeah. I would say that there I'm shocked is... that this movie failed so bad. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say that it's a direct sequel or anything, but Bad Channels is yep. definitely a spiritual sequel to oh, this. Oh, hell yeah. And also... Bad Channels is a great movie. Yes, we should do that. We should absolutely do that. I haven't seen Bad Channels in years. Oh, it's been a few years for me, too. And it's like one of my favorite movies. And there's a band in that that I was obsessed with for a while. And I was like, these guys have to be some other band under a different name. Is that but the Costume Circus Band? Yeah. People, yeah, I forgot who they were, too, They're but I like remember some it. sort of like proto bungle yeah you know, exactly yep. they like they sounded like scatterbrain or bungle or mm-hmm. any of those like channel surf bands and i was like these guys must be a thing and like i couldn't find heidner hair of those guys either they're like another Confusatron? super super ta- like they're another confusatron <laughs> you know they're just another super talented band that just kind of you know were only locally known yep too bad it's good stuff um yeah what a great choice we should do that one yeah Shit, let's do that next. I can't wait to see Bad Channels again. We do Bad Channels. I also want to do. I got a got a a viewer request. Ooh, from a uh, my uh, Bobby Knipe of Universe Retro really wants us to do My Demon Lover. <laughs> okay, all right. So that is not a horror movie. Firstly, oh come on. <laughs> but but I will say, I have seen My Demon Lover more times than. I I don't even know. I've seen it a lot of fucking times Mm -hmm. because there was a time when I was like sick a lot as a kid and we had this extended, like they forgot to shut off our preview of like showtime. (laughs) Like one of those things where they do the like week long preview where they unscramble it. That seems like such a niche movie to try to 
drag viewers in with. And it was like every fucking day. I was sick for a week or something, and it would it would play like three to four times a day or something <laughs> like that. And I watched it every time because yeah. I was a kid, and so I was like, I'm a kid. I watch any movie. Any movie is a good movie, and that movie was very, like, specific to being a kid. Either way, we gotta do that movie. Fine, fuck it, we'll do it. It's, you know what? It's It's still up for Bobby. It's tangentially a horror movie, right? It's like, I mean, the guy, he's Pazatskied, Pazatskied, Paz... What is he? Ah, dude, it's been a while. Yes. I know what you're talking about. I think he's Pazatsky. I think is what what they called it. And so whenever... Oh, God. It's been a long time. (laughs) I seriously haven't seen this movie since I was a kid. But in my memory, every time he gets a boner... Yes. He turns into an actual demon. Yes. And in my memory, the demon looked awesome. It does. Man. See, and now was, you're psyched. And it was... <laughs> now you're pumped. I was like, but look, I mean, when you think about Trick or Treat, mm-hmm. greatest heavy metal horror movie of all time, which was where Skippy went from Family Ties, and then Scott Valentine from Family Ties went to My Demon Lover. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no there's <laughs> no competition here. I mean, Skippy really won out. Yeah. I mean, Ragman really... Really kicked his ass on the on, it's hard to on the movie the, choice. Hard to beat the king. <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, you can't compete with Ragman. I love the Ragman. But uh, no, I do have a sincere fondness for that movie, and I uh, it is a movie I haven't seen since I was a kid. And speaking of movies like that, if we're gonna do that, then we have to do uh, whatever that insane puppet movie is that I uh, Making Contact. Oh, okay, yeah. I've never seen that, so I'll do that with you. Considering that was a movie that gave me nightmares for, like, my entire childhood, I have to do that one. These are all all movies we can get to on the next hundred episodes. Once we break off the next hundred episodes. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. A hundred episodes. And what have we learned? nothing nice you know what <laughs> that's great i'm so happy yeah you know actually i've learned a lot of fun facts that's true i have too uh, I, that i never would have realized known if we hadn't watched movies multiple times and... dude and seriously the th- that is funny and another thing is that i have watched movies differently for this mm-hmm. like i <clears throat> i never realized how passively i watch movies same until I started doing this podcast. Yep. Because... Then you start questioning motivations. That I, I never did this before. I just wrote along true. with it. Yeah. And I mean, more than that, it's like I never... I, Like, there are giant chunks of movies that I'm like, I don't remember that scene. What the <laughs> hell is this? And it's like a movie I've seen 50 times. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah, I just kind of watch movies in the background. Like, I, a lot of time they're just background noise. Oh, yeah. And it's nice to take some of those movies that... And it's even worse now when it's so easy to get distracted by your phone, too, yes, or, or exactly. other things when you're watching a movie. You're just, so I've done that before. You know, you're watching a movie, then all of a sudden you're just like, you get a notification, and then you're right. like, oh shit, I missed like everything that went yeah. on in the last 10 minutes. I've even done that watching movies for this before, <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm just like, shit, uh... Oh, yeah. I'm glad you're great at taking notes. <laughs> well, that's the thing, is that since I take notes, like, as soon as I get distracted and whatever, it's like, oh, shit, you gotta stop. Well, and what's funny is I think, like, I, sometimes that happens to me, too, because I think I missed O.D.'s entrance in the movie, and I was like, oh, yeah, shit, I didn't fucking put that there. But, uh, yeah, 
So this is awesome. I mean, mostly I did this because I was like trying to write stuff and I was like, I need to, I need to get back into story structure of movies that I like, mm-hmm. you know, because all of the story structure of like, of, like when you take, when you go to school for this shit, like when we were in school and they're like, here's how you do a screenplay. It's like, this is, this was the screenplay for the, you know, the, the movie adaptation of death of a salesman. It's like, <laughs> guess what? I was never going to fucking watch that. No. You know, it's like, <laughs> we're going to break down this, like, seven movies that you hate. You know, it's like, oh, I can yep. see why it's good, but I don't I see don't why a person would this. enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and so now I get to actually watch shit that I enjoy and see what makes that stuff tick, which mm-hmm. is really fun. And I don't know. I think it's way better than <laughs> than trying to analyze shit that you hate. Yeah, and this is just a really fun weekly yeah. event. I remember you were just like, hey, do you want to do a podcast, talk about horror movies? And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, I had no idea what to expect the first night I went to your place, where it was just like, I, I don't listen to any podcasts. I, I know there are people talking about mics. I didn't know if you like threw a panel together and we're going to be sitting there with like six <laughs> other dudes, and you're like, oh, it's just me and you. We're going to talk about a movie. I'm like, okay. How? <laughs> And yeah, and this is this kind of arose and because it, and I had also, listened to some that kind of pissed me off. And it also, like, I also wondered exactly how. Like, yeah. I'm just like, how are we going to talk just you and me about a movie for an hour? <laughs> that, but that's the thing is that like I listen to a lot of these people who do who do podcasts. A lot of them come out of like you know improv backgrounds. They're all like UCB guys mm-hmm. or whatever, and they're like. They just hit stuff to be like, here's the ridiculous part, and I'm just going for the joke, you know, and I'm like, I just want to talk about this part. And it's like, I want, I'm always mad at those podcasts, even though I enjoy, you know, I enjoy people and their craft and all that. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the whole movie. I don't want to ignore any part of how the story structure goes together. And and so that's kind of why I started doing the, the podcast in this weird format where we literally run it down like a story. Oh, yeah. Which is, you know, it's a lot different than the way that a lot of other podcasts do it. But I think it's, it, it addresses a specific thing that pissed me off about <laughs> certain podcasts. Like, uh, how did this get made? Always pissed me off with that stuff. And I was like, oh, I like these guys, but they're constantly doing this thing. And it's just like, it's hard for me to listen to it because they don't approach it in a linear fashion. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of drove me nuts. Um, so... I'm glad that there are a few people out there who like this kind of thing. Yeah. And so it's it's amazing to hear that people actually care what we're doing. Because, you know, I think both of us would just do this if we just were, like, recording it and then throwing it in the river. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I you do all the tech stuff, so I never even check stats. So I never even have any idea how many people download or listen to each episode. And I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't really matter, and it's also it's not like really... we're trying to like make it reach a target for our sponsors. No, we haven't. <laughs> we haven't done any of that stuff. And except I think Heineken owes us some fucking money. Heineken owes us some money. <laughs> I will say that Heineken tastes like shit. Yeah. Uh, how do you know if a fucking Heineken is too old? How do you know if it's skunky? <laughs> I like every time I've had a Heineken in my life, I've been like. I think this thing's gone bad. No, you're gonna blow our Heineken deal. I, is this is this okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe it's really old. <laughs> no, man, that's how you can tell it's a Heineken. Oh, that's how you can tell that it's a, a quality German yes. imported mm, beer. Mm, mm. 
It's all the time it takes to get across the ocean in a 90-degree cargo liner that gives it that delicious flavor. Yeah, I'm not a fan myself. <laughs> and I'll drink Rolling Rock, so I, I, I have a clearly a very high tolerance for yep. garbage beer. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Well, guys... Thank you all for listening. Yeah. I'm so happy that you're that there are people who are here with us who have continued down this road and we will keep doing this for as long as uh I can afford to uh continue to make uh to make my payments to Podbean. Uh and so that'll be the deal. Yeah, and I'll continue to do it as long as I like watching horror movies and talking into a microphone. It's I kind of like that stuff. It's it's pretty fun. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you, Matt, for a hundred awesome episodes. Yes. And uh, actually, and they weren't all awesome. No. Okay. Thank you for like probably like ninety six great episodes <laughs> and like and four pretty good episodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, and uh, and Damien too. And um, without him, none of this would be possible. <laughs> he is the the backbone of this podcast. The, he, he somehow got left out of the Portland press write up. I how. How did he get left out? But this this is all his... The three episodes that he was on were the thing that made us yep. what so, we are today. Damien Maffei, thank you. Thank you so much for everything you've done for us. <laughs> and for all you do for humanity. Yes. I mean, let's not leave you out... You are a beautiful let's human being. not leave out his humanitarian contributions. I hear he's going to a convention about the Dukes of Hazard this week. He is going to the Midwest Monster Fest. Oh, he is? I thought he was going to... Dukes of Hazard Fest in Tennessee. Maybe he's going to that too. <laughs> uh, he came in and told me about it. I don't know if he was joking or if he was being serious. And you can book him on Cameo. Too. <laughs> you, can book, you can book him on Cameo. You know what? We should totally do that. Let's book a Cameo. Let's book a Damien. Cameo for Funbox for one of the <laughs> Awesome. You know what? Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll give him a call and I'll, I'll be like, hey, buddy, do a cameo for us for this episode. <laughs> we'll drop it in the middle somewhere. Oh, uh, shit. I have, you know what? I have terrible feelings that he has nothing nice to say about the movie Terror Vision because he doesn't like fun movies. No. If the movie doesn't depress him on some level, he doesn't like it. Maybe he'll like this one because everybody dies. Everybody does die in this movie. So that that is something. <laughs> Shiz. All right. Well, See you next week for, what, Bad Channels? We doing Bad Channels? Good question. It might be a little too similar to this one. Maybe we'll skip that for a little while and do something do a, a little, little demon more. demon love. Because we, you know what? We could do that one. Yeah. We've been talking about doing uh, Amityville 2 and Amityville It's About Time. Yeah. And TikTok. There was Clock another one. There's there's a couple other things that we were talking about. So We've only done 100 movies and there's like at least 100 more movies out there. Almost, almost another hundred movies out there that we can talk about. Um, and then we'll start doing our thing where we talk about every episode of Colcheck the Night Stalker. Yeah. Uh, which, actually, I would totally do. And then we can do a new segment of your favorite Unsolved Mysteries segments. <laughs> yes. I like the one about twins. Twins! <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Why did you make me do that? I couldn't stop myself! <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> Damn it! I, I, ugh. it's it's a gut reaction. <laughs> Fine, I'm going home. <laughs> I'll see you next week. Good night, Matt. Pieces. <laughs>